All right, it's been a strong week. Let's finish yes, it off. It's been a lot of fun this week. It has been, a, you know, and this is, uh, this is our Thursday episode, and we only have one more week left of season one. We're starting mm-hmm. to get really busy at the nursery, and uh, just the prep and even time to record has been. It's getting harder and yep. harder. So mm-hmm. next week is the season one finale, and then we're going to take a break till summer. Yeah, um, and we're going to start date sometime in August or early September. Yeah, maybe even July, depending yeah. on how this. The, the spring play, <laughs> plays out for us, but uh, this has been a lot of fun. Let's finish out this week strong, and then we have a, a fun week to look forward to next week. All right, ask me five questions. All right, I'm going to go first with is it a tree, shrub, forb, or graminoid, or other? It is an herbaceous graminoid of the Juncaceae family. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, how tall does this plant get? This plant will get up to three feet tall. Okay. Um, oh, man. When it gets to the, the grasses are hard to ask questions yeah. for because there's only so many things you can ask. Not that this is a, a grass, but in that graminoid Well, it's family. in that graminoid. Well, you, yeah. do you want to narrow that down? You could, um, you could ask Yeah, I'll, I'll go and say, is it a, a grass, sedge, or rush? It is a rush. I was considering so. it was a Junkiaceae family, Junkus, which is that's rush. why I, yeah. I wasn't sure yeah. if I wanted to ask that question. But Junkus, what a rush! Yes, so. yes. So that's three. Uh, and I'll credit that to Kind Earth Growers. Kind Earth Grower, don't sue me. And John I Mark have Courtney, I'm wearing my <laughs> Junkus, what a rush pin yeah. right now. So, um, is it what's its wetland indicator status? It is a facultative wet. Okay. And the last question i'm gonna ask is what is it gonna be um what color would you describe the the rush as it's um, obviously green but, but like what kind of green the narrow green stems with pointed tips okay which probably describe all of most them. rushes yeah. but you know like th- there are some rushes that get up to 10 feet tall so you knew you know it only yeah. gets up to, to three feet and there's some rushes that are obligates this is a facultative wet i think i gotta go with the one that first came to my head which is what i always go with and that's junk is a fuchsia, but i could see it being something crazy that i wasn't thinking of like some kind of shano plectus or scarpus or something like that but i'm okay. gonna go with junk is a fuchsia. all right so tom is going with junk is a fuchsia, which is soft rush and he is you're correct yeah, I was getting in my head. You, you really tripped me up with that. What was it? Tuesday's Tuesday's guess when I was like, "Oh, it's Elisma," because he said Elisma, and he wasn't supposed to say well, that. No, and, and it wasn't. well, you know, the Junkiaceae family. Typically, I'll give you some other things in the family, but there was mm-hmm. nothing else in there you would know. Yep. You know, yep. so it was like I can't just say like I felt like oh, I typically give something here, and I have nothing to give. Yeah. He's going to know it's Junkus. Like I was getting in my head thinking yeah. well, you were in my head. I, I got it right anyway. <laughs> You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And I'm just thinking about how comical it is if people were watching us and we're like, we end the, like, the little intro and we're laughing and then it's just like, we're still sitting here. We just get, yeah. <laughs> we just get we quiet, quiet for, for five seconds <laughs> and we cut in the intro. It's not like there's a ton of editing we're just counting down to five it's kind of like the end of those old 80s sitcoms where everyone just kind of froze (laughs) (laughs) it's you know it's pretty much exactly like that but yeah and that could be the name of our sitcom is junkus what a rush junkus what a rush what a rush (laughs) but we we, so we covered the basics of this plant with my first kind of questions 
But where is it native to? I, I didn't ask that. It is native to most of the continental U.S. The, the interesting thing is the exceptions are in some of the Midwestern states. Um, so you do see it on the East Coast and the West Coast. It's just kind of like some of those Midwestern states. It's it's absent. Mm-hmm. And it's a plant I find that just kind of comes up a lot of places where it's, the soil is not super saturated, but it's a little bit wet. Kind of like that, like just above a pond edge kind of area. Um, but when it comes up, what does it look like? It's a it's a clump forming plant. Um, we kind of mentioned already that it's it narrow green stems with pointed tips. Um, you know, if, if case you're curious, because we talked about rushes and sedges. You know, one of the things that you learn uh, early on in in school or plant pathology, anything like that, is rushes are round, sedges have edges. So if it's see, I I learned it the other way. Really? Yeah, I learned sedges have edges, rushes around. I learned it. Grasses okay. have knees that bend to the ground. There's like a million. <laughs> no one has really hammered down what defines a grass. <laughs> There's like a million different endings to those. But the two that are always consistent are sedges have edges, rushes around. Yes. Or as Fran likes to say, it rushes around, sedges, sedges have edges. edges. Yeah. And it doesn't rhyme at the end. It, no, <laughs> there's no rhyming because I stop there. Yeah. I don't go any further. Um <laughs> <laughs> but as Tom said too, like I had this in my my last property, uh, which was it was mucky, like a, like a black marl, and there were parts of it that never truly dried out. Um, and what lived there was lurid sedge and soft rush naturally, uh, and it colonized pretty good in those areas. And it never really it was wet, but it wasn't really. It might have slight standing water early in the spring, uh, like vernally, but that's that's really it. Yeah, so it sounds like if you wanted to plant something like this and you didn't have that wet area, a place where it might work is like a rain garden? Rain garden is perfect because it can take dry like in parts of the year when it – in August when it dries out, it can take those conditions. It can take it uh, saturated for short – or saturated or a little inundation for short periods of time. We're talking like 48 to 72 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so a rain garden is a good usage, but typically – like naturally, it's in soggy meadows, uh, sloughs, marshes, open wet woodlands, and edges of ponds. Places where it's really sunny. Yeah, is yeah, where, it's, where it's, I found it it's as well. totally a full sun plant. Now, it doesn't have a showy flower, but what is that? It is kind of interesting when you get close because yeah. it does have something there. What does that flower and it's look like? It's not at the tip of the stems. It's it's like an inch to two off the tip of the stems, and it's a small yellow, yellowish green flower and smooth, upright, uh, cylindrical, unjointed, spire like green stems. So I'm trying to think of what, like, like I'm almost thinking of like uh, how a an uh, apple bloom hangs, mm-hmm. like something like those stems yeah. are coming off this green spire. Mm-hmm. And and the yellowish green flowers on the tip, but it's not at the very tip of the stem. It's still pointed at the tip, so yep. it's a little bit little bit below that. Yep. Now, but you're, you're going to get that in June to August. Yep. And is this a plant that's going to spread by seed, or is it going to spread rhizomatously? How does it really it, spread? It's going to spread by rhizomes. It's it, you know it can reseed itself, but it's going to spread by rhizomes. You know, and it's funny mentioning full sun that area where I had them naturally. That area was – because it was a pipeline, it's woods on both sides and one open area, and it was strictly in the middle where it got enough sun. Yeah. You know, once it, it got shaded, it, it kind of stayed in its zone, you know. Yeah. Now, is this a plant that's has a ton of wildlife benefit? Like does it, does it need bees to pollinate it, those kind of things? It's pollinated by wind, uh, but research is kind of speculating as they learn more about the plant that bees may help also. Um, it does attract birds. And it is somewhat deer resistant. Um, 
you know, I know the area that I had it in my property, deer walked on a daily basis and I never had deer browse on that plant. That wasn't something that they were looking for. Um, but songbirds, waterfowl, muskrats, quail, gophers, and rabbits all eat the seed. Uh, they're happy with the seed. It also provides cover for all kinds of wildlife from waterfowl to amphibians. And uh, muskrats like to use rushes to build their houses. So I don't know if the – I guess the big bad wolf could blow down a rush house, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, several uh, colophora case bearer species as well as the uh, batrachedriate – oh my god. I don't even know how to pronounce that one. Batrachedriate. 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 Yeah. Feed exclusively on juncus. Uh, cattle will eat rushes, but only if they can't find other better tasting forage. So I, it's kind of like a last resort. Mm-hmm. And and they are kind of speculating that it's possibly to- toxic to mammals. I, I couldn't get a yay or a nay. There was just saying, mm-hmm. well, it might be. So I guess no one's really – you know, yeah. willing to test that one out. No one's no one's hunkering saying, "Hey, I'm just going to eat a bunch of a bunch of rush." Yeah. Now, how did humans use this plant? So, um, soft rush is often woven into baskets, which I can totally see. Um, the Japanese uh, use it to weave tatami mats, which are sometimes dyed with natural colors like yellow from indigo plant. So, if you were curious about yellow dye. We've mm-hmm. had this conversation. Yellow indigo, yeah, so baptisia, mm-hmm. not not a uh, helianthus. <laughs> and uh, and then you have a, a whole list of words here that I don't know a single one. All right, um, I, I bet you I don't know either. But <laughs> let's throw them out there. Ready? The stem pith is antiphlogistic, depurative, discutient, diuretic. I know that what one that one means. Yeah. Febrifuge, lenitive, lithotropic. And sedative. You know what sedative I know. Yeah, I know. it. So I knew two of those, what, approximately eight words. So maybe – okay. So maybe this next sentence will help clarify some of that. It's it's used in the treatment of sore throats, jaundice, edema, acute urinary tract infections, (laughs) and also the morbid crying of babies. Interesting. Yeah. I I don't like – I, I'm just picturing some parent going, shut that kid up and just shoving a bunch of brush in its mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, is that yeah. is that how it was used to cure them more I, grabbing a baby? I, I can't uh, even imagine. So. I think if that really worked, that people would be flocking to buy yeah. junkies. Oh, having a, a almost two-year-old, I'm going to say <laughs> I will plant this in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me get the, the rush. <laughs> Um, no, what would you say this is a good uh, substitute for? This is a good sub for uh, Phragmites, and this is one we talk about a lot, which takes wet conditions but gets very, very tall and, and creates such a rhizomal mat that nothing else can live there. It doesn't really contribute to the food web. So you know where that is typically is area that could be like saltmark condition or freshwater conditions where you'd find freshwater with rushes and sedges. Um, and I think it kind of shades a lot of that out. So if you're if you're looking to remove Phragmites mm-hmm. and restore that ecosystem, Rush is probably one of those things you're going to use. Yeah. All right, you ready for a lightning round? I'm We're ready. We're going to finish off strong. I'm yeah. going to give you three. Three seems to be the magic number. I yeah. like that it's short and sweet. All right, 
are rushes monocots or dicots? Oh, gosh. You have well, to go back to your college days. Yeah, going back to my botany one class, which was- Are uh, rushes monocots or dicots? In 2007? No, 2008. All right. So, Quite a ways um, away. I'm going to say it's a- Oh, crap. I'm going to say it's a monocot. I don't really remember what that means off the All top right. of my head. So it is a- Thomas saying it's a monocot? Monocot means the seeds of which typically contain only one embryonic okay, leaf. Yeah. Um, yes. All right. That's what I was – I knew it had something to do with germinating in one leaf. Okay. I think. And I'm assuming yeah. a dicot has two leaves. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like a legume would be a dicot. Yeah. Am I remembered correctly? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, the USDA hardiness zone for Juncus effusus is A, 2 through 9, B, 6 through 8. Or C five through nine. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two through nine. That was a good guess, given it's rain from Maine yeah. to Florida. It's that was a yep. pretty good guess. All right, true or false? Juncus effusus tolerates low levels of salt. Hmm. I'm gonna say false. You know, I'm, that's not something that we would typically. Yeah. Um, recommend for things with a salinity level but i think very low they're finding very low levels of maybe like impacted salinity in soil that junk is can handle but it's got to be it's not handling three parts per thousand it might be like one part per thousand mm-hmm. um so it kind of can take that so that's good to know like this is something that wasn't necessarily common knowledge oh 10, yeah. 15 years ago yep. so it's i'm i like seeing the changes that people are thinking about mm-hmm. that yeah so. I'm glad we moved on from that monocot dicot conversation before. <laughs> really, these guys are really idiots. I can't believe I'm listening to this. These guys I keep are talking about you, plants. I keep waiting for. We're here for the entertainment factor, folks. Oh. I keep waiting for someone to say he's a fraud. Yeah. They're frauds. Yeah. So that finishes up a good week. Next week is going to be our our season one finale. Um, and do you want to have a guest in for that, or you just want to do me and you? Um. Well, I guess it depends on how busy we are and, yeah, and all that's that. True. So. But you got to answer it. Would you put it in your yard? I've had it in my yard in my old property where I had wet properties, and it was a great plant. I I don't have a spot for it now. Yeah, I, 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 yeah same thing. A lot of these plants this week have been wetter plants and harder to put in a dry yard. Um, it's not one I probably would anyway. And if you had the kind of yard where you could plant this, it's yeah. probably coming up already. Yeah. It's something yeah. you're probably trying to keep it out more than bring it in. So. I agree. I agree. Yeah. If, if I had the area, like I, I loved it where I had it in the old property. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't have that spot yeah. anymore, unfortunately. So, wow, only one plant this week I put in my yard. We're, we're trending in the other You're direction. you yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining this week. Uh, tomorrow, make sure you tune in. We'll have a uh, brand new native plant, uh, Healthy Planet, uh, and that – that will be a great episode. It's a buzz episode, episode number 99, if I remember correctly. And uh, until then, uh, we'll see you on Monday next week. Until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey, everyone. This is Fran. And Tom. And we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.